hello there. This is Michael from Raising a Cane. So I hope you had a great day today and have a good rest of the year. This year is moving quickly. Any today, I am solo. Uh, we're going to talk about power today. The subject is power. I'm going to refer to a particular book. I'll let you know in a moment. But in coming up in October, we're going to have another ensemble uh cast with the other crew members Sandra and Maurice to go over a couple things we'll probably go over this concept of power in an ensemble way and some other topics when we get together but today you got me so I hope you're pleased so anyway today we're going to talk about the 48 laws of power the author is Robert Green I want to thank my brother Maurice for pointing me toward this author it's a great book from the author of the art of seduction this and so this power book is a national bestseller published by the penguin group so to give everyone their credit and so uh, I'm a messenger here but anyway uh, I want to go over down there's 48 laws we're not gonna do all 48 today but we're going to uh, do some of them, okay? And then we're going to have a, a additional follow-up podcast to, uh, to complete it, okay? So, let's get right into it. And, and I know this is a dicey subject about power. Some people say, well, it's totally corruptible. Is it? Maybe it is. In some instances, it is. It depends on on who you're talking about, which leaders or dictators or uh, whatever, else, whatever else you want to call them, uh, tyrants. I was looking for that word. So can power be contained in a civilized, dignified manner? Or is when you have power and exercise it, is it just unleashed? Now, Notice we live in the United States of America. We have a president, not a dictator. He has some level of what we call power without being a tyrant, without being a dictator, a master, if you will. So let's get into law number one. Never outshine the master. And I'm going to be reading these in reference to the book. Always make those above you feel comfortably superior. In your desire to please or impress them, do not go too far in displaying your talents, or you might accomplish the opposite. Inspire fear and insecurity. Okay? Make your masters appear more brilliant than they are, and you will attain the heights of power. Wow, that is something, isn't it? So you want to make, what it's saying is you want to make those that um, oversee you or have oversight over you, have authority over you, make them look good. Make them look good and make, tie in how great they are with how much you appreciate them. So make your masters appear more brilliant than they are and you will attain the heights of power they will reward you is what it's saying there's some truth and merit to that we're, we're going to go deep we're going to go into this as an ensemble cast and and get the pros and cons here but that that's interesting 
Law number two, never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. Be wary of friends. They will betray you more quickly, for they are easily aroused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. But high, a high, but hire a former enemy, and he will be more loyal than a friend, because he has more to prove. In fact, you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. Oh wow! Did you hear that, folks? Never put too much trust in friends. You know, my own experience, uh, and we all can share this. I'm sure we have commonality where someone you knew for a long time, they stabbed you in the back, and some of them stabbed you in the chest, okay? Figuratively speaking, of course, I hope. So where they just betrayed you, keep in mind, the only people that could truly betray you are friends, close associates someone who built up a trust relationship and violated that trust. So, and I always say the one that'll cut you is the one closest to you. And, and that can be friends, and that can be some family members out there trying to, waiting to get close to you to cut you because they're jealous of you. Say something, how are you doing? And then you start explaining how you're doing. You start getting their rolled eyes or like they not didn't really care about the answer. They just wanted to be polite and answer the, uh, uh, answer the question, how are you doing? They really don't care. Even a lot of folks at work really don't care. How are you doing? You go deep into the conversation. They just want a topical cursory answer. They want a quick, fine, doing good. And you, that's it. They don't want to know about your backstory how the kids are doing, how the family doing, you on vacation. Just just, just test me on that. Look at my eyes when that happens and see how much uh, focused attention to your response is or the lack of it. Law number three, conceal your intentions. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Keep people off balance and in the dark by never revealing the purpose behind your actions. Wow, that is big. If they have no clue what you are up to, they cannot prepare a defense. Guide them far enough down the wrong path, envelope them in enough smoke, and by the time they realize your intentions, it will be too late. Wow, okay, I know. Wow, we're going to have to open that up in the future to uh, to callers or something like that. Wow. Keep people off balance and in the dark by never rebuilding. So basically, don't tell everyone all your business. You could tell, fra give fragments out because they will use it against you. They will hurl that thing at, when you least expect it back at you. So you don't want to help the enemy prepare a defense against you. You don't, they, so just give them pieces, bits and pieces. It's interesting. Law number four, always say less than necessary. Well, this is, seems the path we're going down here. When you are trying to impress people with words, the more you say, the more common you appear and the less in control. Even if you are saying something banal, banal, it will 
seem original if you made it vague, open-ended, and sphinx-like. Powerful people impress and intimidate by saying less. The more you say, the more likely you are to say something foolish. So be, be conservative in your conversations. Like the law three, you don't want to throw too much out there. Answer the questions, but be careful. You know who was like that? My dad was very good at that. You ask him something, he would tell you enough where you think you had it all, but you didn't. I go back, it took me a while to figure this out. And then go back and say, wait a second, he didn't tell me anything. <laughs> Have you been in those conversations or been in presentations where people sound, they're saying all this nice stuff, but at the end of the day, they didn't really give you too much information? Oh my God, that is a great way to master. Talking about emotional intelligence here to control that. Um, you stay in control by saying less. Law number five, so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. Make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. Meanwhile, learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputations. They then stand aside and let public opinion hang them. Wow. So let's, let's dwell on that for a moment. Let's dwell on that. Um, so much depends on your reputation. So, you know what? You, you have to be up upon, upon reproach. So that means you have to uh, not put yourself in a position to uh, compromise what you took so many years to build up. It only takes a second, right? 60 seconds to tear down your reputation. It takes years to build it up. Like we're building this reputation with our podcasts so the listening audience will trust us. Our, and we just started our YouTube channel not too long ago and trying to get traction on that. I know people say, well, who are they? Who are the Canes? I don't know if I can trust what they say. How do I know? So it takes time. And thank you for the listeners and the viewers that have entrusted us with their time. And we're not just making this stuff up. Now, we're giving our opinions and our experiences, which may differ from yours. So, but... We, we hold our reputation in high honor, high regard. Law number six, court attention at all costs. Everything is judged by its appearance. What is unseen counts for nothing. Never let yourself get lost in the crowd, thin or buried in oblivion. Stand out. Be conspicuous at all costs. Make yourself a magnet of attention by appearing larger, more colorful, more mysterious than the bland and timid masses. Wow, talking about public relations. I guess that's what they do with these celebrities, right? And uh, politicians. Um, so people, so you do judge, based on this law number six, people judge the, the cover of the book. 
Remember they said you cannot judge a book by its cover? Oh, yes, you can, and people do. The more handsome and pretty you look and taller and all that other stuff, rich, richer, you're supposed to be better. That's how a lot of the masses view you. Must be articulate. Must have come from a good family. Because of the way you look. That is so true. A lot of folks are superficial. And some people don't know it. They're not intending to be and do it anyway. So stand out. Be conspicuous at all costs. Be flashy there is what I'm getting at. More colorful. Okay. Law number seven. <clears throat> Get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Oh, God, I don't know about that one. Ah, let's read. Use the wisdom, knowledge, and legwork of other people to further your own cause. You know what? When the movies you see, that's what they do. Not only will such assistance save you valuable time and energy, it will give you a good, a godlike aura of efficiency and speed. In the end, your helpers will be forgotten and you will be remembered. Never do yourself what others can do for you. We'll put a question mark on that one. <laughs> okay. So, wow. You know, I was just talking about this today and this week about not getting credit. I provided an idea a few months ago and didn't get any credit. And then I started seeing the idea being implemented. And it's in a way, it's, well, not in any way. It's kind of tech. It's tacky to say, hey, that was my idea. You can't really do that politically being politically correct you can say it was my idea you guys just stole it yeah can't really do it. you just got to suck it up so i guess he's this law is getting revenge for those people who steal your credit and now you could put it in that context make it sound good i guess but uh well let's go to law number eight make other people come to you use bait if necessary when you force the other person to act you are the one in control it is always better to make your opponent come to you, abandoning his own plans in a process. Lure him with fabulous gains, then attack. You hold the cards. That's true. Haven't you seen in movies and other films? The first person that, that mentions that number in negotiation loses. The first person that gets in their car and drives to the other person's location, you're already in a weak position. Oh, yeah, so he has some merit here. That happens. You're the first one to pick up the phone in an argument after an argument. You're in a weak position. That, that implies you're, you're admitting you were wrong versus mutually wrong or the other person being wrong. So there's some value in this power play. And there is. You, you're, you, we're in a game, folks, whether you like it or not. People are doing this game on you, so might as well. Get an edge somewhere. Law number nine. Win through your actions, never through argument. Any momentary triumph you think you have gained through argument is really a pyrrhic victory. The resentment and ill will you stir up is stronger and lasts longer than another momentary change of opinions. It is much more powerful to get others to agree with you through your actions without saying a word. 
demonstrate. Do not explicate. Hmm. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Arguments are fruitless. I mean, it may make you feel good to get stuff off your chest at the moment, but then regret comes and then consequences. You may have been in the right, but argument is not dignified. Arguing, especially in front of people. Um, you know, how someone says, does something or sends an email to you, you want to respond back in kind. Don't do it. Emails are forever. could be held against you later. It's taken out of context. And so this is really, um, yeah, you don't want to stir the pot and make things more negative than they are. Marry to be bad. You don't want to make it worse. So put yourself in a position where others will follow and may be forced to follow because you make so damn sense. The sense you make, anyone oppose it is going to look foolish and stupid. So be take the high road with strategy strategic intention law number 10 infection avoid the unhappy and unlucky you can die from someone else's misery whoa emotional states are as infectious as diseases you may feel you are helping the drowning man but you are only precipitating your own disaster the unfortunate sometimes draw misfortune on themselves. They will also draw it on you. Associate with the happy and fortunate instead. You know, you could take this different ways, but the way I'm seeing it is, you know, you have those people that complain and moan, bitch all the time. Oh, well, 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 it, it, they're vampires. They're like, they're, instead of sucking blood, they're, they're sucking your life force, your spirit right out of you. Just moaning, complaining, never happy, no joy. Or, or they're unlucky because they kept making stupid decisions one after the other after the damn other. We all been foolish, okay? But that's got, at some point, you get to an age where you got to learn and move forward but there's people okay 30 40 50 60 70 80 years old still doing the stupid and they're saying oh how unlucky i am how unlucky yeah because you're, you're doing stupid making inappropriate decisions uh uh asinine decisions and then you want to blame society or blame your family he wasn't hugged enough loved enough or or some other reason, the boss, the the devil made me do it. Oh, blame the devil. He's probably down there saying, my God, I, did you have something to do with that demon number one, demon number two? Did did I, did you do, did you, were you involved in this case? He say, no boss. The demon talking to the devil. We, we didn't do anything. He did that on himself. Yeah. So the devil made you do it. Yeah, sure. So I understand this one. Let's uh, let's go for two more. How's that? Learn to keep people dependent on you. Uh-oh, what is this about? Trying to get them kids out the house, aren't we? I don't know. Trying to get them independent at some point, you know, in time. To maintain your independence, you must always be needed and wanted. The more you are relied on, the more freedom you have. 
make people depend on you for their happiness and prosperity and you have nothing to fear. Never teach them enough so they, they can do without you. Oh, that teach a man to fish? Just teach them half the, how to fish. How to put the bait on the hook but not how to throw it and cast it in the water. That's what it's saying. So just teach people just enough but not all, you know, it's some merit to this where you don't give every everyone your trick. Does David Copperfield just unleash all his, uh, distribute all his uh, secrets on how he does those illusions? Do any of these magicians or the comedian, uh, the setup uh, in his uh, performance or think about it. Does everyone really give you all the information? And plus people generally have this, intrinsic need to feel needed and valuable and wanted. We all have that basic, right? Most of us. At least you had it when you were a child. So have people dependent on you. You want to be involved and in, in that your voice counts. So in that extent, there's some merit there too. Law number 12. Use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim. Wow. Okay. One sincere and honest move will cover over dozens of dishonest ones. Open-hearted gestures of honesty and generosity bring down the guard of even the most suspicious people. Once your selective honesty opens a hole in their armor, you can deceive and manipulate them at will. A timely gift, a Trojan horse, will serve the same purpose. Okay, folks, I know you're thinking now, uh-oh, went too far. Was with you for a moment. Use selective honesty. So one sincere and honest move will cover over dozens of dishonest ones. Open-hearted gestures of honesty and generosity bring down the guard of even the most suspicious people. So you give your enemy a gift. Remember the Trojan horse story? All the, the, the military, the army of the opposing city was in the Trojan horse. And they said, oh, we gave you a gift. And they left it overnight. They put it inside their gates of their of their kingdom. And, and then when people were sleeping, the uh, opposition started crawling out of the Trojan horse and slaughtered everybody. So that's what it's saying, that you throw people off the scent, and it, and it says, oh, he's so nice, so generous, and they lower their guard for you to strike in their armor. Wow. It's a timely gift. It'll serve the same purpose. So I know some of these laws were quite challenging for you and for me, by the way. And this is law... We're ending on law number 12, so we're going to pick up with law number 13. And so it only gets harder here. And <laughs> this is, a, you know what, if nothing else, this is a Bible for you to have to what people are trying to do to you. So you know what's happening. So you don't get the one being cut. So you know their tricks of their trade. And so... Uh, Definitely the art of manipulation is in this. Now, when you're dealing with unscrupulous people to deceive someone that's already deceptive, I don't think most of us have a problem with that. 
It reminds me of that, I can't think of the name of that Paul Newman uh, movie with Robert Refford. Um, Y'all know it. But anyway, where he's a poker player and he's at a poker game and he tricks the trickster. He deceives the, the deceiver. So, you know, so that's what it's talking about. So, anyway, I hope you uh, got some insight on power. And it, uh, if the reading made you sway one way or another, but we're going to pick off on that. And again, we're going to, we're definitely going to talk about this uh, as a group, as a, uh, with all the crew here. So, but I will continue to, we're going to uh, finish all 48 laws in this monologue here. So it's been a pleasure and please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, invite your friends, share it with your friends. And so give us some love there and check out our YouTube videos. We're, we're just now rolling that out. So we're going to be putting more content on the YouTube, but subscribe so you can be a party to that. Please uh, support us on that. So uh, get the word out. Raising the cane.